From the shores of Summer Lake in Tigard, Oregon, it's the Portland Tim Beers Podcast, a show featuring two guys who love craft beer and Portland timber soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Jason and Gary. Tim Beers, I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk about uh, soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we want. How you doing, buddy? Ah, doing good, doing good. How about yourself? I'm not doing too bad. Just living life, man. Living life. So, well, we haven't been on in a little bit of time there. So, uh, it's been a few weeks. We've been busy traveling. Oh, yeah. You've been traveling a lot. Yeah, well, lots lots of stuff going on. Well, you, Tim, and I took a road trip. So, we did the yep. uh, Fresh Hop Ale Festival out in Yakima. Good time. Um, we were treated like kings, dude. Yeah, we were. That so, was a really good time. Well, so much that some of us had a hard time... Uh, Pre-Fresh Hop event. We partied so hard the Friday before. So. <laughs> Way too hard the day before. <laughs> Way too hard. Well, um... I think it worked in our favor, though. I think it did, too. Yeah, I think uh, the amount of beer that was served at the Ale Festival, it was probably a pretty good thing we didn't uh, spend all day Saturday drinking at Absolutely. some of the other events. So, um, But, yeah, I felt, I felt kind of bad because we had some uh, folks that we were going to see, and we didn't necessarily hook up with some of those folks on Saturday as uh, some of us were licking our wounds. So. It, very definitely. But, um, but I would say the Fresh Hop Ale Festival is a success. I mean, it was an outstanding party. Um, I think it was an outstanding uh, way for Yakima to showcase itself and the beer and the hops that it has. Oh, yeah. Um, totally an amazing event. So... Big, big thanks to, again, Fresh Hop Ale Festival folks for coming on and talking about the festival earlier on. And um, and then, again, the pre-parties that we went to and the interviews that we did um, and the beer that we were served uh, at some of these events. Thank you to all. So, Varietal, um, Skookum, you guys were awesome. Great running into you over Varietal. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin and Megan over at Bell Breaker, fantastic. And then the guys over at Single Hill. Um, and all of those interviews will be upcoming as uh, soon as we really have the next series of weeks focus on Fresh Hop. And um, and then we've got Alan from Hair, and the Dog, Hair of the Dog in the Books. And yep. we also have uh, Mount Shasta Brewing, an interview that I just did up there um, up in Weed, California. Um, to kind of talking about the brewery and uh, this little teeny footprint of a brewery that was uh, quite controversial um, because they had the name of weed on their beer. So, oh boy. Yeah, so interesting stuff. But All right, man. Well, what are you drinking? Uh, beer one on the left, it looks like. Is gone. Is gone. Wow, look at you. So that is um, Oktoberfest. Sierra Nevada. That's an Amber yeah. Marzen. So it's actually very, very good. Yeah, it is a uh, really, really good. So I'm impressed. When, when I saw this, uh, this doesn't usually last long over at John's, and I just happened to be over there, and uh, they had a little bit of that left over there, and I was like, "Oh, gotta grab it." So yeah, Sierra Nevada did a good job on that one. I really like it. So this uh, again, uh, Amber Marzen uh, Oktoberfest, uh, and again. Very, very good, good example of uh, kind of that ambery Marzen thing that we in the United States think of as an Oktoberfest beer. Yeah, so. very definitely. It's got the, the good malt-forward taste to it. Caramely notes to it. Kind of a brownish, orangish hue that you can see through. So, good beer. So, any other thoughts on that? Uh, just tasty. Very tasty. Great, yeah. great beer. Well, and then so beer two, um, we'll do the first two beers and then move on to our interview here for the night, um, is an Oktoberfest by Firestone Walker. So, um, you lined up two big hitters right off the bat. <laughs> Went Sierra Nevada and then dropped Firestone Walker on you. Um, yeah, so Firestone Walker, um, again, huge, huge, uh, Old, this is an oak-aged lager, so this is not your standard Oktoberfest. No. They, uh, they said, hey, we're going to up the ante here. We're going to take a lager, yeah. and we're going to put it in an oak barrel, and then we're going to sell it to you as it's an Oktoberfest lager. Is some like lightweight thing? No, it's not. This is a big beer, dude. Um... I can taste the oak, though, very definitely. Yeah. Uh, and it's light oak. Um, without a doubt, the one thing I'm noticing right off the bat with it is it it is not as 
as uh, malt forward as the Sierra Nevada one was. Yeah, I don't, I don't get a lot of. It's almost a little bit more watery on it. Uh-huh. It's also um, for what it tastes, how think how big I think it should be. It's only five point two percent. So oh wow, um, so it's still lower just because it's a lager um, in alcohol. So it's good though. Good. All right. Well, so uh, which way shall we go? This is kind of the choose your own adventure. Do we go kickstart my heart? Do we go beer news? Or do we jump into our interview with uh, Chris Baum from Varietal? Well, I think we got us to uh, just jump right in with the interview. Keep the keep the listeners from fading out. All right. Well, let's jump in. This is an interview that we uh, recorded with Chris Baum from Varietal Brewing. This is On the Heels of their Gabbiff Silver Medal at the uh, Great American Beer Festival. Um, and again, you'll hear the inter- here in the interview, they were just as surprised as uh, I think everybody else when uh, it was like, oh my God, we actually won. Because right? Chris was uh, like, dude, we're just entering, but we're not sure if we're going to get anything. Right. Um, those, us that, those of us that respect Varietal aren't surprised. These guys should be winning silver and golds for forever now. So... Right. Um, very, very respectful brewery. So here they go. Chris Baum on the Portland Timbers. All right, it's Jason from the Timbers here. I'm at Varietal once again with Chris Baum. And uh, first off, congratulations, man. Thank you. Gabbiff winner, Chris Baum and Varietal Brewing. Uh, Gary and Tim are here. This is Fresh Hop Weekend. We are here in Yakima Valley. And the very first place we hit coming uh, in from Portland is Varietal. So thanks for having us out, man. Yep, anytime. So we got some uh, great fresh hop beers, except for Gary. He was drinking a stout, which is odd because it's usually the opposite of that. So um, good job, Gary. And had to try the stout. At least you helped me get that top dialed in. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's uh, I would I would not have known that that was being an issue. Chris is a uh, stout place. People a lot of, they think Yakima Valley. And I think we talked about this on the uh, about a year ago, which is. Again, you guys brew some awesome stouts. They even went home with some, and we tried some on the podcast. But the uh, stout program is pretty robust here. So, well, so what's been going on? COVID's uh, been going on for a year. We thought this thing would be over, and it's still tricking. How's business doing? Good. Yeah, we're we're. I don't even know. I can't tell you like statistics on like numbers, but our production's way up. Uh, we have. 40 more barrels of capacity than we did when you were here last. And uh, we're just cranking. So, a bunch of fresh hop beers on tap. What did you say, 16 different beers you did? We brewed 16 beers, 10 of them in-house, 6 outside collabs. Collab. Dude, collabs are like all the rage. Who's the collab that you're, uh, I wouldn't say you're most proud of, but what's the one that's memorable? One or two. This whole season's been crazy. Uh, it's just been... Uh, really, uh, really fun. We had a bunch of California brewers come up, which was super fun. We brewed with um, one of the well, one of the things that we I knew about last year when you were here, but I couldn't talk about was the three way. Yeah, with Fort George. Well, so I blew me away. Yeah. So I think <laughs> I think we talked about Fort George on the podcast. Yeah, I had like literally found out like either like the day before or something, and like. But we couldn't talk about it. How was that experience? Like, everybody's <clears throat> trying was to awesome. become a three-way person, right? And so, it was. Shot. It was super fun. Uh, Fort George was just amazing. They're, those guys are... Not, not guys, you know, people. Yeah. All the whole team is just incredible. It was so well organized and the um, really super collaborative. Everybody's ideas, you know, were listened to. And we, like, we do... They, like, brew so many versions of it ahead of time like dialing it in they ship us the beer and then we couldn't of course be there so we were doing a lot of zoom calls um but yeah it was a fantastic experience and then the other brewery moonraker from california um made really good friends with them also another great team of people down there great brewers making amazing beers and uh we so when we were down there um because we went down to California to have a party with them, and uh, a friend of mine in Spokane had this idea to brew a beer 
uh, he's he runs Link Malt, okay. and we do we buy a lot of malt from Link. Uh, and so there's a another small craft maltster in California called Admiral Malting, and so my buddy Brian had this idea that it would be really cool if somehow the malt houses could collaborate because it's really easy for brewers to do that, but it's not that easy for um, you know guys. like how how would like a malt place handle that? So he came up with the idea that. They would each malt house would pick a brewery that would you know represent like they would brew with you know that malt. So so Brian asked Curtis um, down at Admiral Malting, hey, do you want to do this? Would you want to do this with Moonraker? And he said, yeah. Um, so they came, Moonraker and uh, Admiral Malting came here with um, Link Malt, and there was a whole bunch of people. We were just brewing. Like, it was it, that was a really fun day. That sounds awesome. Um, so like really cool connections through the three way. Can you walk us through a little of that process? Like, did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you guys as you go through any of the maybe not the Moonraker experience per se, but any of the collabs? And then do you just email back and forth about what beer you're going to make? Do you submit test batches to each other, etc.? Walk us through that. We don't do that. Um, the Fort George one, we did that because, you know, they do like, I can't remember how many thousands of barrels they did. Like a lot of, three a lot of three deal, It's man. a big deal. <laughs> and they wanted, you know, wanted to get it right. So, um, and we were brewing with hops that some of us were not super familiar with. Uh, Nectaron being one of those. Um, and then I brought some like malt to the table that other people weren't familiar with. So they wanted to like we wanted to get all those ratios right before it went into cans. Um, so that is a way to collab. Uh, another way to collab is like you and your buddy, like Hollis and I, uh, just kind of like drinking beers, talking about beers, and be like, we should do this thing, and then we just do that thing. Uh, some of them are more thought out. Uh, some of them are. Uh, less thought out but. that's awesome so um so the collab thing's a big deal so who, who's there left for you to collab with that you would want to do a collab with oh a lot of there's tons tons of breweries I mean, this is kind of the event like we're going to this fresh hop festival tomorrow right yeah. mm-hmm. i mean there's a ton of breweries i mean what about somebody like that's a hop fiend like barley browns or someplace like that we did that last year we you brewed did? tyler last year yeah and actually we brewed what's up logan um we brewed with Tyler last year for a fresh hop, but yeah. then this year we did. Uh, we actually have a packaged beer called Damn It, Bobby, um, that <laughs> was a collab with him, uh, and in reference to our sales guy Bobby, uh, who on the collab day got sick, so he didn't show up. So just brought uh, Tyler and I doing all the work. Of course, <laughs> fantastic. Damn it, Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. So. That you know, king of the hill. Twine Climber is our, yeah, our number one seller. Yeah. And so that's the one you brewed today, so, and you just keep churning that out. Mm-hmm. Um, how's the barrel program and some of the dark stuff Good. doing? Good. Yeah, we uh, put out a big uh, barrel-aged beer um, recently. It was a barley wine um, called uh, Time of Whispers, which sp- big, big uh, inspiration from Hollis at Skookum. He's the barley wine king. Is he really? Yeah. Uh, we brewed a collaboration uh, barley wine a couple, three years ago or something. Um, and uh, then we brewed another version. We have, yeah, we just like keep that barrel program going. So we released the second uh, second version of that this year called Time of Whispers. The first one was called T- Sovereign of Nakmar. Everything's going good. We've been good. doing our fruited sours have been coming out. Uh, not maybe quite quarterly, but somewhere in there. Is that mixed firm type fruit mixed stuff? firm stuff? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, are people liking the mixed firm stuff? Yeah. There? Are you selling more of it? Yeah, we and, do pretty good. It moves. It's not the fastest moving stuff. Um, you know, we don't do kettle sours. We don't do uh, you know whatever are considered sour ales anymore. We do mixed firm sour like uh, bugs and barrels going going crazy purposeful infection yeah so 
Cool. Then uh, let's let's talk about what Fresh Shop Festival. So we're in town for the Ale Festival, which um, something we look forward to. What are you guys bringing? We are going to bring um, the Moonraker Admiral Malt Link collab uh, called Popular Agronomy. Um, and we are going to bring a beer, a citra, fresh hop we did called Everything is Blossom. Uh, we that we did that last year with Zeke's Pizza. I don't know if you guys get Zeke's down in Portland, but it's like a Seattle, Washington franchise. Um, and then uh, they've been they've been great to work with. Um, and then uh, what else are we bringing? I believe we're bringing uh, a. Uh, Mosaic Fresh Hop IPA we made called Hop Grind with Future Primitive. Um, another really fun brewery um, out of uh, White Center in Seattle. If you guys ever get over there, they do. That Kevin, their brewer, has been brewing for a long time, and he's like a master. He's so good. Um, and so we brewed this beer with them. They came over, stayed. These are all big double batches, so they're like two day parties. Okay. Um, wow. Um, a lot of late nights and yeah, a lot of drinking going on. So um, some so shenanigans for sure. Last time you were on, we, and we talked about this inside, but I won't revisit it because some of the listeners might remember. So you were talking about some sort of vertical brew that you're going to do, where it was your grain, your malting, done by somebody, but ultimately you had control of all that. So tough year for various reasons. I mean, COVID's one thing, but then the wonky heat has put a wrench into that. What happened to that beer? What's the status of that beer? We did that last year. Um, that was a beer that we brew every year with Holy Mountain called Hop and Keller. It's like a Keller Pills. Um, but this year, not so much? We did not use malt that was grown here, but we did. I mean, it's all grown in Washington. Uh, so that's all grown by a farm called the Horlacher Farms, um, part of the... I can't exactly remember their whole like structure, but it's like a very closed loop um, malt situation. So Matt Horlacher and his uh, partners grow that malt over there, uh, just like north of like northwest of Pullman. Um, what's the name of that town that he's in? He's northwest. Gonna, is it uh, where the college is? Lot Lata. Oh, um, and so then they like they clean it. And they take it up to uh, they take it up to Link, and it's malted there in Spokane, and then we buy it pretty much directly from the farmer. So, um, yeah, it's really that beer, Hopfen Keller. This year uh, we brewed it again with Holy Mountain, and it uh, was uh, we did Fresh Centennial, so it was our first uh, first like hot side wet hop oh. beer so what's next so IPAs are doing their thing you got a barrel program you got a sour program you're doing a ton of collabs which is totally cool um, you did the Fort George thing where's distilling fit into the picture is that even in the radar nope. don't say seltzers don't say no it. seltzer no, no. no seltzer no distilling no I think we're just going to kind of focus on tightening up the screws and getting our SOPs down and you know like just like so we're like lean and making like some really high quality beer over and over and grow a little bit we still have a little bit of capacity to grow I think probably our like next big thing would be to get our own canning line in uh-huh. we don't have our own canning line we use craft canning out of Portland and they're great they're fantastic it's just limiting it's production to get uh, them up here and it's not so much that it's it's that we like we just need to be a little bit more dynamic i think uh, we would like to be more dynamic as far as like packaging days so we're going to package on tuesday and you know i'm going to empty five tanks which means i then have to fill up five tanks and so that's just like a lot of like just like crams a lot of work in all at once uh so we're but i mean you have to do what you have to do right. and uh we we love working with craft. Um, if there was, if they were closer, I think it would probably be easier. But they're like, you know, in Portland. Three hours away. Three and a half hours away. That's yeah. a deal. So, all right. Do you have the space. Do you have the space. Like as you look at this, I'm looking at this building, which 
beautiful building. I'm looking at something behind us and a cool grassy area that would be fun to let the dogs go run or just come and have a pint and watch sunset. But where would you put your canning line, ideally? Uh, yeah, so space is definitely an issue. Uh, our mixed firm program takes up a lot of space. Uh, the thing that you're looking at, the building that Tim was mentioning, right? Yep, I'm trying to remember names. I'm so, yeah, I'm so yeah. bad at it. Um, this is a uh, warehouse. It's like dry storage. We have our mill and stuff out there. Um, but we're talking about knocking this whole thing down. It's like, it's not like really tall enough to lo- load modern trucks or modern train cars. But it's still taller than, like, it needs to be. So, like, the inside of it, there's a bunch of space wasted on a ramp going up. Um, so we're talking about knocking it down and putting up something a little more purpose-built. Um, that would be um, cold, extra cold storage, mixed firm production, um, you know, dry storage, milling, uh and, and you know, yeah, whatever. just like where we would keep our cans, because like that's the thing is like you, if you get a canning line, then you gotta like have a lot of cans on hand, and you gotta have someplace clean, dust free to keep those. So there's a number of reasons why a canning line doesn't make sense for us right now, and that's one of them is just that sort of thing. So we're looking at solving those problems, um, but that's gonna take like construction and. You know, yeah, it takes, you know, money and time. And um, we work with the port of Sunnyside to build. They built this building for us. Um, we lease it from them, but they built it how we wanted it. And so we're hoping to do something similar with this building uh, behind us. So, Well, man, it was great to uh, catch up. Uh, and it's great to hear what's been happening the last year. You guys are still standing. You're thriving. Yeah, we're doing good. Silver medal. So you guys are now yeah. recognized on the, on the board. That's pretty fun. Now you need yeah. this small brewer of the year award. So <laughs> we have a long way to go. We do. Melvin uh, just got it, right? I mean, Melvin was recognized what last year, I think. Uh, Melvin's been around a long time. Uh, Steve Luke at uh, Cloudburst got the small brewer of the year, year for for like our whatever our size brewery is, which is like I can't remember how many thousands. It's like one to five thousand barrels or something like that. 1,000 to 5,000 barrels. Uh, and that guy deserves it. Uh, Steve does a great job. Um, it's in the future. That's he's, he's the he's the fresh hop king, wet hop king. Yeah. yeah. You should go talk to him. Huge name. So, <laughs> All right, man. Well, we will uh, be there tomorrow night, so probably bump into you. Um, out at the Sozo Sports Complex this year. Um, tasting some crazy beers out there. I'm stuff from all over the Northwest. So... But uh, thanks for having us out, man. And I'm sure the listeners will love hearing this. Again, we've described varietal as hey, Ben's got crux in the fermentation project that's running out there. And, and varietal is turning out equally good beers. I mean, just blowing the doors off of this area. So if you're in town, in the Yakima area, in the valley, make the trek to Sunnyside. It's a short little drive. Check out varietal. It's fantastic, great beers. And uh, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. You got it. Yep. Appreciate you guys. All right. We're back. Chris Baum from Varietal, man. So, big thanks to Chris and uh, the Varietal team for everything you guys did there. So, uh, Tim learned about the beer holster shortly thereafter. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, and the uh, funny thing is, is you two ended up both with a beer holster once it, we got to the uh, beer festival the next day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, that's mandatory for every brew fest we go to now is to bring the beer holster. So, I think you're right. Um, the interesting thing is what Tim found out about the varietal beer holster made by the same group um, <clears throat> was that the, I think the price there was like 65 bucks yeah. and it said varietal had their logo on it. Beautiful piece of leather that, that was really nice. holds your beer festival glass nicely, clips onto your belt. Um, we go to the Fresh Hop Ale Festival and the guys that are actually making them are selling them for like a 30 bucks or someplace like that. Right. So, and they had three. So they yep. had one that was uh, the Fresh Hop Ale Festival one. They had one that was the varietal one. Right. And then they had one that was, I think hold it was. Hold my beer. Yeah, hold my beer. So, <laughs> and so I bought the varietal. Tim brought, bought the uh, Fresh Hop Ale Festival. Gary didn't want any piece of the hold my beer. Nope. 
wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> so, well, um, again, awesome beers. Uh, obviously, heard the guys from Skookum stop by. Uh, I believe they uh, had a wonderful time with Chris uh, the pre-night before uh, uh, the Fresh Hop Ale Festival festivities yeah, they were the next day. To go out to dinner and then uh, have a few beers. Yeah, heading out towards Natchez, I yeah. believe. So. Um, all right. Well, from there, we uh, shot off back to the hotel and uh, checked into the hotel. And then what you'll hear in a future episode is uh, our next interview at that point, which was with the guys from Bail Breaker. Or not guys. It's Kevin and Megan from Bail Breaker. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're drinking beers and doing our thing. And again, I think you'll hear that on a future episode. But uh, again, first impressions, what are, what are your thoughts about the Fresh Hop Ale Festival overall. Did it live up to its billing? Yeah, you know, I'm not a big fresh hop beer drinker guy. Um, as the listeners know, it, it's taken me a long time to warm up to even drinking normal IPAs, let alone fresh hopped beers. So I, I think it definitely lived up to its hype. Um, I believe the first beer, or no, the second, the second beer... Uh, that I had a varietal, which was a fresh hop version, um, made me burp up fresh hops for like a good six hours for the rest of that day. Uh, so it, yeah, fresh hop was definitely fresh hop. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a it was a wonderful event. Um, I was done with fresh hop ale, fresh hop uh, ales <laughs> for a while after that. Yeah, so. you know, I don't know that I could drink a fresh hop ale right now. Well, I've got about ten of them sitting on the, in the fridge behind me. Yeah, they're they're going to be non-fresh hop, yeah. fresh hop ales by the time we drink them. I'm trying to keep them at like 45 <laughs> degrees, so I preserve the uh, the hops in them. But uh, yeah, I think uh, we heard that actually on some of the interviews or the informal conversations we were having with folks. Of, um, fresh hop ale festival is a lot like Christmas, right? You get to it, there's all this build up to it. You drink mm-hmm. the fresh hops, you're like, oh, this is great. And then it's the day after, like, all right, take down the decorations. I'm yeah. done. Like, I mean, it's it's a laser focus on one style of beer. Totally. And uh, But it was as advertised. I mean, it was hundreds of beer being, uh, types of beer that were being served mm-hmm. and by the brewers themselves. Um, yeah, that's the really cool part. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing, amazing demonstration of a beer festival. And, and just the atmosphere was a lot of fun, too. Oh, the Sozo, that Sozo Sports Complex that it was held at, which yeah. was controversial in itself, right? Because usually it was held downtown. Correct. Um, but it was under the sky um, with the surrounding Yakima Hills with this gorgeous sunset yep. and a live band and crazy amounts of food like it was ridiculous man. Yeah, it, was it was a, a lot of fun yeah good all right well that was a uh again i think if you're a person that's sitting on the fence and you're like hey next year i'm thinking about getting out going to a beer festival again mark that one down it's late september early october first of october it's the fresh hop ale festival in yakima definitely a must must hit yes and uh bring a lot of water with you Bring those little rehydration tablets with you if you attend the parties before, <laughs> um, because there is beer flowing from every place that you that you go. Oh, so, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's uh, jump over to Kickstarter. Kickstart my heart. All right, Kickstart my heart. Well, so uh, we've been following some uh, Kickstarter, beer-related Kickstarter campaigns for a little while now. And so one of the ones that we focused on a few weeks back was the Beer Facts Trivia Game. So this, yeah. these are, uh, it's an educational course and trivia game um, about everybody's favorite topic. Beer. Beer. So it's got all sorts of things on there, like uh, typical IBUs, uh, or, uh IPAs, different classes of IPAs, um, different types of facts about uh, uh, your styles of beer. So what makes it a lager versus what what makes it a smoked lager. Um, all sorts of things on this thing. And uh, on Kickstarter, if you type in Beer, Fix, beer Facts Trivia Game, 
you'll find this thing. It has 13 days left to go. It's 85% funded. Getting close. Getting close, baby. And they've got 4263 bucks pledged to this thing. So they are they are darn close. And uh, and again, they they want to get to 5000 I think they're going to do this thing. I think I'm actually going to throw in a little bit of money on this thing and see what I can get. Let's see what I, I think can... from a beer knowledge standpoint, it'd be a really cool thing to get. Yeah, I think so. I mean... Look, if I throw in 80 bucks, I get three copies of Beer Facts. That's like three Christmas gifts right there. There you go. There you go. And there's zero backers doing that one. So Zero? A, there's nobody doing 80 bucks? Nope, nobody's doing 80 bucks. Oh, they that's got insane. One backer at 110. Uh, and he's got, you get four copies. So Ooh. of that, five copies for 140 bucks. And then the grand finale, the NFT of Beer Facts. You get uh, two NFTs, one of the entire card sheet, and one of a single unique side of Beer Facts. And uh, this is extremely limited. There's actually two people that have done this. There's only uh, 10 offered, so there's eight left. If you want to give in 200 bucks or more, uh, you can get this special edition Beer Facts thing. So, oh. uh, One of the examples of this thing is, um, let's see. Porters, regions of origin. It shows like a world map, and it's England. It says there are many different types of styles of porter, including English or brown, or American or robust, and Baltic. And it basically goes on from there. It gives you some examples of folks that brew porters, like Great Lakes, Edmund Fitzgerald, Samuel Smith, UK, Taddy Porter. Huh. Um, and then it gives you some characteristics of what a porter has. So it's pretty freaking cool. Um, Blondale to give same thing. They talk about Blondales, some of the more famous Blondales, and then also it gives you the SRM IBUs and typical ABV um, that you've got on this thing. So oh, cool. this is a great great way for sommeliers or somebody taking the uh, some of the beer knowledge. Oh yeah, tests big time to basically study. So yeah, pretty cool. All right, so then the next one that we thought we'd focus on a few weeks back. Um, was a brewery called Hopefully Brewing Company. Um, they were looking to raise seventeen thousand three hundred ninety-nine bucks. They have forty-eight backers. They have six days left to go, and they've currently only raised four thousand fifteen dollars. So they got a long ways to go. They got a long ways. They got about twelve thousand left to go, um, and six days left to do it. Doesn't look like this one's going to fulfill. All you need is one big backer, though. You need one big backer, man. Yep. They want to build community uh, and creativity through the world of craft brewing, and they're hoping to build a uh, brewery and do that, um, I believe, over in Europe. So um, looks pretty cool. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of things that you get for the different ratings, but uh, again, if you have a bunch of money and you want to support a Irish-based, socially and culturally conscious independent brewery, these are the guys. Hopefully, yeah. brewing. So. Oh, yeah. All right, man. So uh, I guess let's uh, jump into uh, beer news. Beer news. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. All right. So beer news. What's happening in the news? Uh, basically in North America and the Pacific Northwest as it relates to beer. So a couple things out there uh, that have kind of taken us by surprise. I guess the biggest one, the biggest billion dollar piece. Billion. Billion, one point one billion. That's a lot of beers. Yeah, Uber. You know Uber? You take an Uber? Oh yeah, yeah. We tried to take an Uber. Well, there was Uber Eats too. Uber Eats too. Yeah, yeah. we tried to take an Uber at the Fresh Hop Festival. How and many? How many of those were there? Two drivers. <laughs> Didn't matter what time of day, what day. It was always two drivers. Two drivers in Aliyah. Come on. They, they've got like a monopoly <laughs> on it up there. Those two guys. Yeah. Or gals if or you want to be an Uber driver and you're in Portland, because there's like 10 million of you, you need to go to Yakima because there's two drivers in two. all of Yakima. So Uber could do better in Yakima. Way better. So uh, Uber bought up Drizzly. So for those that don't know Drizzly, um, they essentially are a uh, group that uh, you can actually uh, or order alcohol. Yeah. And have it delivered to your house. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're the big thing is they're an e-commerce site that basically allows and facilitates delivery of alcohol from a retail location to your home. Right. right? So this makes sense. Uber can actually 
partner with these guys, and now they own them. Right. Right. And right. now they're going to deliver booze to your house. Yeah. This is badass. Now. Now, the uh, funny thing is, is this would have never happened pre-COVID. Oh, totally not. Never would have happened. Yep. Yeah, there's some good things about COVID, right? And it's starting to break down some of these barriers. Cocktails, yeah. ordering cocktails from a bar and having them delivered or to-go cocktails. All of this stuff right. happened because of COVID, right? Exactly. So it kind of pushed things forward. So Beer sales through the mail now? Totally, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what this does to uh, to beer and uh alcohol sales um, i'm not necessarily sure i would use this i'm not sure i would order beer I, it would be interesting to know could i order the new sticky hands from block 15 and have it delivered straight to my home from corvallis that right? would be interesting to know. or could yeah. i like yeah ex novo just released the new midnight sun could i um, order that from the ex novo and beaver and have it delivered to me does that work like the that because if that's the way it works these beer releases that they have that'd be awesome i don't have to do jack i'm not going in a fighting crowd no hell no i'm gonna let the drizzly people take care of that for me there you go so pretty cool stuff all right what else we got in the news so the different smokes beer festival debuts november 13th so um brian yeager the the famous Beer writer slash podcaster slash beer festival organizer um, has announced the different smokes uh, beer festival, and it basically celebrates smoked beers, and it'll be held November thirteenth at Silver Moon Brewing down in Bend there, and they're going to have twenty different smoked beers, cocktails, and along with those uh, beers and cocktails, they're going to have uh, inspired dishes uh, that are related to smoked different things. So I'm guessing it'll be smoked meats and yeah. smoked vegetables and things like that. That's so. right up Tim's alley. Totally. That This is like, you want to talk Rauk beer king? That, that's team Tim's dream right there. Like Tim should be there. Yeah. I mean, this is a thing. So, so it'll be interesting to hear, uh, we should try to talk to Brian and see what his thoughts are and who's going to be there, that type of stuff. But, yeah. um, November 13th, 2021, 2 PM to 8 PM at silver moon brewing. Uh, for those not familiar, Silver Moon's at 24 Northwest Greenwood Avenue in Bend. Um, this is the Smoked Beer Festival. Um, again, smoke-infused beers, cocktails, and foods. Over 20 different beers. So that's going to be pretty badass. That's a lot of different smoked beers. Tim likes Bend. Yeah. This might be his thing, dude. I think so. he'll be there. He, I, I'm guessing. He'll find a way. He'll find a way. If, yes. if he's not in, like, Disneyland or something. Well, yeah, maybe. So... Well, there's a bunch of pumpkin beers getting released, too. So uh, there is a ton of pumpkin beers. We've got one, actually, from a listener that uh, gave us a beer, and uh, we'll have to get to that down the road. But we know that Hopworks Urban Brewing has released a Great Gorge of Fire. It's out now. Um, and there's a ton of other type of pumpkin beers out there doing their thing. Um, yes, there are. So all you got to do is hit the new seasons or your local beer place that you find. They've got stuff going. Uh, McMenamins has their Lord Gourd. And uh, this is their... Uh, Lord Gourd. Yeah, it's a 10.19%. Jesus. <laughs> 35 IBUs. It's available at McMenamins locations around... Um, I think you can pick it up over at the bottle shop. It's probably the easiest place. So some of the places that do that. Lord Gourd, though, is... Uh, it's it's kind of crazy. It sounds so more like an evil jack o' lantern. Well, at that that ABV. It's got toasty aromas of vanilla and pumpkin pie. This blend of our oak barrel aged widow black widow porter uh-huh. and longest night barley wine ale conjures the crunching of leaves, autumn bonfires, and warm gatherings. So there you go, black widow mixed with their barley wine. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> like. Like you needed to mix those two. Yeah, no, there, there's nothing that. <laughs> nothing. I might have to go find that bottle though. So. Yeah. Say, hey, maybe I can call Drizzly. Hey, maybe. Hey, hey, Drizzly. Hey, Drizzly. I need bring a me bottle the, of this. Bring me Lord Gord, baby. I need one of those immediately. <laughs> so, wait. <laughs> so the next episode that we do is going to be focused on pumpkin beers. Well, that's perfect. I got one for okay, you. Okay, there you go. Yeah. You got a pumpkin beer coming up. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So. All right. Well, that is in the news. Beer news. All right, man. Well, um, homebrew. So, what do you got going brewing wise, man? You're you're a brewing fiend lately. Um. Well, let's see. I've got 
a pumpkin patch ale that just went into keg two weeks ago or a week ago? I think a week ago. Um, just bottled a strawberry Kolsch at that same time. And then today I brewed the blackberry, or no, red raspberry, red raspberry oatmeal chocolate stout. So it'll be interesting to see how that one comes out. But you put a twist on that, right? Um, yeah, actually, put a couple twists on it. Had to change the recipe because I, you know, I, I thought I had this beer all planned out. Yeah. Walk up to the freezer when I'm uh, getting ready to do my hop edition today, and here I think I'm going to pull out my my wonderful Phoenix hops that I absolutely love. And lo and behold, there's no Phoenix Hops in the freezer. None. None? Not a single one. Damn it. The package that I thought was the Phoenix Hops was actually a East Kent Golding. Oh. So I was like, well, I guess East Kent Golding's going in this one. So I had to substitute that one. Uh, but I've also used a Clear Firm uh, in the in the beer as well, which it, it's supposed to help clarify during your your cold piece um, and help settle out a lot of the proteins during basically cold haze, get rid of some of that cold haze. But one of the, the other side notes that it also does is it decreases the amount of, um, oh, what's that, that wonderful stuff that everybody's allergic to? Uh, gluten supposed to reduce the gluten in your beer so it can make a beer that is normally not drinkable to somebody that's gluten intolerant actually drinkable to them uh so i thought that was kind of impressive so i tried that huh interesting yeah so it's not supposed to do anything to flavor according to all the research on it it's supposed to have zero effect on flavor Wow, good. That'll be interesting. Uh, so it'll it'll be really interesting to see if it messes with this this recipe, uh, and, and if it all works out, that's going to be great because I think I'll actually start throwing that into a lot of the beers that I brew because a couple of my neighbors um, are either gluten intolerant or celiac. So oh, this supposedly makes it so celiacs can even drink it. Wow, we'll see. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see, and it'll be interesting to see just from the psychological effects of, right, um, do they get any relief, or are, and how much of that's played yeah, up in their head versus I, not? I, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, versus actual body effect to it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Because I'm guessing, I mean, it's been scientifically looked at that it reduces the gluten, right, right. within the beers and yep. all that stuff. Yep. So, but for somebody that's gluten intolerant, that's a big leap, right? To, it's a big leap of faith. Yeah, to yeah. then try it and not have some sort of reaction. Exactly. Right? And so there's a placebo effect that could happen. Um, so I don't know, it'd be interesting to see. So that's interesting. Well, so, and then we got the big event coming up this weekend. So we're hosting oh, the yeah, we do. Uh, Portland Tim Beers Oktoberfest party. This is like episode seven or eight of these yeah i've lost track yeah we've got a bunch going so um big huge thing gary and i've been brewing beer since uh september for this thing i think actually i started my rauk lager in august yeah um so i've got a rauk lager um and it's actually a fest beer lager that's uh, used a little bit of smoke malt on that'll be interesting so uh we had a small sample of it right before we rolled out for uh fresh hop yeah so and it tasted pretty good pretty Tastes smoky like chewing on bacon <laughs> And then um, I got the Fest beer, so it's all lined up. Both are carbs, sitting at about 40 degrees, getting ready for this weekend's festivities. And then you did a Marzen, right? I did. I did a traditional Marzen uh, with a twist. Oh. Because, um, as you know, I like to just fuck with beer recipes. I never like to brew them straightforward. So this one is traditional Marzen, but with... One ounce of, um, oh, what the hell was it? Oh, God, I can't believe I'm blanking on the grain. Uh, rye. Oh, yeah, you did rye. Yeah, so I put an ounce of rye in it. And just that little bit of rye, I've tasted the 
the beer. Uh, just, I haven't actually poured one because I didn't want to break into the keg, but I uh, tasted just a little bit of the wort and just that little bit of rye. It's It doesn't make it spicy, but it gives us this really, really cool flavor that I haven't tasted in any other beer. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, those that are uh, distillers out there or have messed with distilling know all about rye white, right? So rye whiskey um, and even rye in a lot of like uh, traditional corn whiskey recipes, just a pinch of rye adds some spiciness. So I can see how that would translate very well to a beer, right? Yeah. Um, And so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. It comes across really, really well. Yeah, that's uh, that'll be fun to try out. So, again, Oktoberfest uh, this coming weekend. Um, it'll be interesting to see all of our buds for that we haven't seen for over a year, or some we've been hanging out with along the way. Um, Mount Angel rope sausages, kraut, um, chick- Gary's famous pretzel coated chicken, strudel, handmade strudel by uh, that stuff's so good. Uh, handmade by German virgins. That's so <laughs> nice, dude. Nah, not really. But <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, it's handmade. It's beautiful. And, uh, of course, lots and lots of beer. And then probably the most important thing of the night. The, the game, The Beer Olympics, dude. Oh, yes. So uh, Eric Pedersen's in, dude. He's uh, he's dialed in and is ready to He's defend. probably been practicing the whole goddamn oh, year. Oh, you know he has. That bastard. He's like, he won last year, and he's been talking trash ever since. But I've got, I've got a twist on the games this year. So, and this is where I'm going to let you in. We're going to use split firewood for the nail uh, competition. So you got to sink five nails as fast as you can. Into split wood. Into a split piece of wood. So essentially, and, and they're you know, not. I, I like that. Yeah. But I hope you don't use them shitty ass China tin nails again. Well, well, we'll see what what we use, but <laughs> yeah. you're going to have a piece of firewood that's about as big around as that water bottle. Yeah. And so you're going to be trying to hold that and trying to nail that nail down. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so it'll it'll add some complexity to the thing. Um, no pressure-treated timber this year. Thank God. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we've got the beer stein competition, so we got to bring your beer stein. And then uh, what else we got? Um, I don't know. Oh, we've got the uh, beer pong, uh, beer pong challenge. So, oh, the beer people, pong shirts. Yeah, beer pong shirts. Those are funny. Yeah, so love those. And then uh, there'll be a fourth event that is soon to be announced, and that'll really be the tiebreaker. Um, but again, so interesting stuff, fun stuff, fun night. So it'll be fun to see everybody out. All right, man. Well, uh, homebrew finds, since we're on that topic at a homebrew, um, there's a site that I've been watching for quite some time called Homebrew Finds. Um, We'll add this into um, our show notes uh, on Acast so you can take a look at it and track it. But we'll probably feature something on each podcast a little bit from this. There's some really cool stuff you can find in there. Yeah. And so there's a cool thing here is, uh, I mean, basically throughout the day, they, they do this search or users will also send them tips of like really good deals on homebrew equipment, gadgets, uh, ingredients, things like that. Right. And so um, they've got a thing called the top 50. You can click on this button and it basically goes to the top 50 of the deals that they've had or the last 50 finds so that you don't have to sit there and go, Oh my God, I'm, I see 7,000 entries here from the last <laughs> couple of days. So, um, but some of the stuff that's on there right now, as we're looking at this thing is, uh, we saw Phoenix hops. No, not Phoenix hops. We saw Mandarina Bavaria. Yeah. Hops. Mandarina Bavaria. Yeah. A pound of them. A pound with free shipping, uh, for $10 and 99 cents. So, and that's a pound of hops. For ten bucks, ten but bu- basically eleven bucks, bucks. yeah, and yep. free shipping. So, um, pretty cool stuff. Uh, what else did we see? There's uh, Inkbird PID temperature controllers for twenty two bucks. If you've got a coupon, um, there are uh, what else? Bayou Classic twenty four inch brew paddles. So if you need a two foot brew paddle, nine ninety nine plus free shipping. Um, but again, lots of lots of different deals here as we go through. Um, so give it a look. Homebrew finds. If you type that into Google, Google, you'll find something that pops up. It's just a very basic list with a bunch of hyperlinks. You follow the hyperlinks to the thing that seems interesting. Um, and then, like I said, you can submit a tip. So if you find a good deal on something that you're going to brew relate or brew related, you submit the tip and uh, they'll feature it on their page, which is kind of cool. 
The other cool thing is you can actually break it up by um, uh, categories too. So they've got uh, categories like airlocks or ball valves or uh, CO2 hardware or disconnects. And so you can break it up the searches there and search by the thing that you're actually looking for. Oh, so cool. That's kind of cool too. But there's your homebrew tip uh, of the week or of the episode. So uh, hope you enjoy that. Check out homebrew finds. So, all right, man. Well, we got two more beers sitting here in front of us. Um, not last but least, because uh, they're both great beers. So uh, the third beer of the night, again, we focused on the first two were Oktoberfest. The final two here are Fest beers. Uh, this is a Way Days Fest beer. Um, it is a 6.3% beer. Holy smokes. Um, and basically it says Oktoberfest Lager Prost on it. So doesn't doesn't taste like it's 6.3%. No, not at all. It's Very not, smooth. I got to tell you, this Away Day Brewing, Away Days Brewing uh, out of Portland is fantastic. I mean, making some great, great, great beers. Yeah. I've had several of their beers and... Uh, very, very impressed with what they've got going on. So we need to try to get these guys on a podcast soon. Definitely. I think they're going to be winning a lot of awards like this next one. Um, Breaksides Oktoberfest Fest Beer Lager. That's what we're drinking as our fourth beer. 5.6% by Breakside Brewing. Um, this is a great beer. So this is a clean fest beer, more of like a Hell's Lager type traditional beer. Got a very, um, very nutty flavor to it. Yeah. Which no, is, I kind of like that. Yeah, it's a good, good beer. If I was making a fest beer, which I did, um, I would try to make it just like this. Emulate so, that one, yeah. yeah. This is a good beer. So, so again, we uh, tried the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. We tried the uh, Wa- Fire- Firestone Walker Oktoberfest, Away Days Fest beer, and the Breakside Oktoberfest fest beer uh, lager. And uh, great beer, so... Very, very light drinkers, I think all of them, and would do well to complement any Oktoberfest parties that you've oh, got yeah. going on. Very definitely. All right, buddy. Well, um, I think that's all we've got for tonight. I think uh, we owe, again, a big thanks to uh, Chris Baum out of to Varietal Brewing and uh, to all of the Fresh Hop Ale Festival folks that we had the chance to interact with and that treated us well at the event um, we had a wonderful time at the Fresh Hop Ale Festival in Yakima for 2021. And, uh, yeah, uh, try to make it back out for 2022. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he laughed. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of Fresh Hop Ales. Yes, so. it definitely was. I got to get in the mood again. So. <laughs> yes. It might take us the entire year to get back in that mood. I kind of feel that way with Abyss. Like, like Abyss and the Dark Beers, by the time January hits, I'm like, all right, I'm done, dude. Wow, it's taken me like years to. I, I still haven't gotten back into the abyss mood. Well, the irony, the irony with all of that is like the dark arts festival is usually held in February, right? Right. And yep. I'm like, by February, I'm like, dude, I need to go amber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how the fresh hop, how quickly that comes back. So, like I said, I got about. 10 cans i'm keeping it super ultra cold uh <laughs> try to try to hold them on through but all right buddy well let's get out of here finish these beers uh we'll be back in a week or so um yeah, probably post Oktoberfest. yes so tim beers Thanks for listening to the Portland Tim Beers Podcast. Be sure to visit the Portland Tim Beers Podcast on ACAST.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love the Tim Beers Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Tim Beers. Tim Beers.